Welcome to Throttled Up the Podcast, often imitated, never duplicated, your weekly home for the best in motorsports coverage. Even your grandpa talking about, man, that boy too and welcome back to throttled up the podcast and matt it is the first week of march the racing season is upon us man and i think we're gonna get a chance to see practice i think so too looks good the rest of the week sun's out out. so i haven't looked at the temperatures yet don't know if you'll be in a cutoff on saturday but do you doubt me i well i almost wore one tonight (laughs) But it is, I'm excited. I mean, to think yeah. just a couple of weeks ago, we had 10, 12 inches of snow sitting around on the ground and to uh, to finally get the chance to, to be back at the track and see all these guys is uh, pretty exciting. It's kind of like a family reunion that goes all summer long. You know, you get to where it gets near the end of the off season. You start missing everybody. Look forward to seeing them. You know. Yeah. And then you've got those family members like <laughs> Peden and Burton that you don't really claim. It's, uh, you know. Well, after it's all family. You know how it is. After so you see family for so long, you're like, man, I wish I didn't see you so much. So it's hey, but with us. Speaking of Burton, though, great looking race car this year. Yes, the yeah. blue and gray, very good looking car. Yeah, and I I don't know if I'm allowed to say this yet either, but um, great looking race car for for Zach. And I've seen a sneak peek of what Peden's is going to look like. And he went a little bit off script of what Peden usually does, but mm-hmm. it looks really sharp. I'm so. sure it does. He always does good looking stuff. So that's, uh, but you know, Zach's put his out, and that blue and gray, I think, is really, really sharp. Yeah, it and it should, I think, hide all those uke tire scuffs. <laughs> I think it'll. I actually thought he put a white nose that way the white paint <laughs> wouldn't show up, but you know, it's. Uh, well, I think they went up to Lee's 4x4 and bought those inner tubes. I think they oh, actually replaced them. You got them all replaced. Yeah, so gotcha. no, no worries. Uh, but with us in studio tonight, uh, which is already, I mean, we've already got Britton Gotzi after you, so um, he's... I, I got a few things to say to him <laughs> if he really wants to go there. He, uh, uh, but we've got Kyle Alt in studio with us, and, and you know, we're going to jump in right off the bat with this, Kyle, because you've got... You've been up and down the road with these teams. You've been all over the place. You have... You got stories upon stories, a lot that we're going to talk about tonight, a lot that we can't say on air. Probably not. Uh, you know, but where did this all start? And that's, I know people probably get tired. That's the question I always open up with, but it's so cool to see 
how we end up living these lives we live. I mean, it was born into me. It was in my blood. I mean, it, I I can't remember a, a time where I wasn't involved in dirt late model racing. Um, I mean, my, my earliest memories of, you know, going to the racetrack, I, you know, went with my dad, obviously, and back in the day, you couldn't get kids in the pits. It was not a... Uh, a thing so i mean i sat and watched a lot and then uh 94 95 ish somewhere in there i got to helping out and like i said it i can't remember a time when I, it wasn't a part of my life and what i, I want to ask this too because it, we have so many people come on that it is it's born into them and it's it's always been a part of it why don't you get the burnout you know a lot of people that are born burnt bleh, 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 born into things they burn out but why in racing does it seem like it holds on to us so hard it happens i mean i right now i'm chomping at the bit like it's that time of year usually you know there's something going on in florida or i even go down there to watch and stuff and i haven't actually been to the racetracks since the jackson 100 uh, i guess i went to fun fest for the practice but i haven't been to the racetrack since the jackson 100 uh, we our season with the uh, kent's deal ended up a little bit early and um it happens trust me and and i consider myself to be on the back nine of my career to quote a golf term and it happens a little sooner every year i mean uh, so it, it does happen but it's 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 amazing it's a peaks and valleys deal and you can't if you get tore down in a peak you know you're, you're never going to enjoy a valley so i mean i've just learned to take it as it comes and you know uh not look too far forward or definitely don't look in the rearview mirror do you think the off season helps with the burnout? Because you kind of, you get like we just said a minute ago, you get where you miss it, so it makes you look forward to it again. And yeah, for for me, you know, our season ended slightly early for us last year. Um, you know, we had probably three to four more races scheduled. Um, I was ready. You know, we'd had a, a busy season for for what Kent and I do, and um, you know, we both have businesses we run. His is on a much bigger scale, obviously, but you know we're both busy people you know mm -hmm. we've got kids and and stuff like that and i don't know if he was quite ready for it i mean he was but we we you know we could tell it was coming and you know we didn't have the, the banner year we wanted to have but we were starting to kind of get on top of things a little bit there towards the end of the season so that was helping but there was definitely a couple of weeks last year where we were we had planned to go places and it, we just basically said maybe we ought to take the weekend off here and kind of regroup and he's got things he does with his family and i've got busy stuff that i do with mine and it's it happens and and i don't care who sits in this seat i don't care who tells you if they tell you they don't get burnt out they they don't they don't do it right because it's uh i don't know anybody that wants to do it 24 7 365 uh, i 100 percent agree with you on that man that's you know i started out helping friends you know work on their pit crews and then working you know jobs at the racetrack and you know then doing what i do now and you know when you're looking late august and september you you start looking for the end of the season because you're ready to have some time off away from the racetrack i totally 100 or you're agree. praying for rain yeah and you know it's, and it's so funny when it's you know some of those fair weather fans that you know they're just looking for a nice weekend be the first weekend they've come to the track and you're like god i just hope it rains yeah i just hope yeah, it rains. it's and so I, I i agree with you if anybody says man i never get burnt out they're they're not doing it like a lot of people do there at so. well, a guy in my position doesn't pray for rain because once i kind of commit to like we're racing this weekend i don't want it to rain like i'm already there yeah. that's the worst 
what I pray for is like 90% chance rain Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. No, okay. I agree. And they, they call it on Wednesday. They call it on Wednesday. Yeah. I can plan my weekend <laughs> and I can plan to do other things. Uh, there's app. I mean, we ran into it one time this year at Florence. Uh, you know, we kind of had a, they had that Lucas race on a Friday and Saturday, mm-hmm. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I think it was for the North for South. North like, South, yeah. It wasn't the North South. It was like the earlier one. Yeah. Oh, okay. We didn't go. It was the night Josh Rice and, and Pearson had that great race. Yes. We didn't go. The biggest reason we didn't go is we had a – all of us felt bad. We thought one of us was going to test positive for COVID. We didn't. None of us did. We did the responsible thing. We all got tested. And uh, we didn't go on Friday night. We were going to go to Fairbury. It looked like rain. It looked like there's no way they're going to get it in. So let's go to Florence. So we kind of changed gears. We went to Florence. It was beautiful there all day. Fairbury looked awful. It almost nipped him. It clipped him. I think Gordy won from the tail with a hell of a yeah. race. And it, it rained in victory lane. We got down there and got, barely got ready to hot lap, and it rained us mm-hmm. out. So, I mean, that's the absolute worst. Is, oh, yeah. <laughs> if if I'm already at the track, I don't want any of it. Yeah. yeah. So. I'm the same way. You know, if, if I've planned my Saturday and I've already showed up, let's just race because yeah. I'm there. Yeah. Once once I get to Bloomington on the, and on some occasions when I meet the truck, like once I'm committed, I want to race all weekend. I don't – there's – you know, I'd rather call it off on Thursday and, and be done with it. So, All the traveling you've done, what's the favorite place you – like you get excited to go race at? Um, Obviously, Eldora. I mean, I, I love going there. Um, Kent runs great there, so it obviously the big weeks and even like you know this even what they call the smaller events, the Baltus deal, we got to win mm-hmm. that once. And when I've been that's there, a good race though. It is, and it pays well, and it's it's uh, we've let a few of them slip away, um, you know, at that event actually. But we always run good there, so I look forward to going to Eldora. Um, Fairbury's a neat mm-hmm. atmosphere. I don't know if any of your listeners if they've never been there. It's such a cool deal um i love going to fairbury and uh, knoxville is another one to put on your bucket list it's uh it's really cool that the racing's great the atmosphere's great it's the whole town shuts down and you know i know this is kind of a local more local deal but uh just picture brownstown speedway being where the courthouse is in brownstown and you pretty much got knoxville iowa yeah yeah i mean it's like in town yes right in town yeah. I mean, you go across the street and there's a, one of the coolest bars in the world and uh, Casey's General Store. I mean, that's, I mean, you're literally across the street from turn one. So. Which just screams Iowa in all ways. Oh, yeah. 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 It, uh, and then on the other side of the street's the cornfield. Yeah. Pretty, pretty much. And you better like Pizza Hut because that's, I mean, you can get there on your four wheeler. and then Oh, you, really? You, yeah. There's a, there's a Pizza Hut right off the Sprint Car Hall of Fame on turn two. And, if you, if you, you know, as a race team guy, if you don't eat there once on the weekend, you really haven't had the full experience. Yeah. <laughs> the best Pizza Hut you can get. I don't know about that, but you know, uh, it's definitely uh, good hangover food. The the best Pizza Hut there. Yeah, the local. <laughs> local. Well, Kyle, let's talk. You know, obviously, you've been working with K Rob the last several years. How did how'd you get hooked up with, with K-Rob and, and working there with him? Well, um, to be honest with you, I was uh, doing the track fueling tires uh, in like seven or eight, I forget, somewhere in there, and he was still mod racing, and uh, he pretty much called me and said, hey, if I if I buy X amount of tires at one time, what kind of deal can I get? And, you know, I, this. And I said, uh, okay. And we kind of formed a friendship there. We, we kept in touch. Like, we didn't really spend a whole lot of time together. We weren't buddies like 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 we are now but we we we're friends and um 
really just kind of followed him through that deal and uh then when he got into late model racing he called and um there's a couple guys that were helping him and he was still i mean i think it was probably his fourth or fifth race and he called and he said hey we're going to florence and he said uh my, my guys couldn't one of my guys couldn't go and he said to be honest with you i'm I don't want to go down there and be lost. He said, would you mind going with us? And I said, no, that'd be fine. And I met him in Lawrenceburg right by the racetrack. He picked me up in the truck. And that was when I first met his dad, who's, I don't know if any of you got the, the you know privilege of meeting JB, but he's a great dude. And uh, met his mom and his sister. They they did it as a family deal. And and uh, we went to Florence and ran good. I think passing points, we, we were starting fourth and we'd passed like eight cars in the heat. We were really looking good. He said, what do you think? And I said, well, if... I was working on a lot of rocket cars at the time and I hadn't had a lot of experience with the master built stuff that he was driving. And I said, well, if it was a rocket, here's what I would do. And he's like, Nope. Oh, okay. Let's, let's do that. And man, we threw a boat anchor out and ran like 12th in a 2000 wow. wind show. And we were really bad. And he, I mean, he wasn't mad or anything, but I, I, I really didn't hear a whole lot from him for a couple <laughs> of years. And, uh, we kept, him, I mean, he still said hi and everything. And we ran each other PRI and stuff. And, really didn't think much of it and then uh i kind of about that time i got into scrap business and i talked to him a few times about some stuff there and and uh we started kind of forming a, a a friendship through scrap and some stuff like that he he would you know push me some stuff if i could and i sold him some stuff when i could and uh we were doing that for a couple of years and i you know we just buddies like we'd hang out and drink beer we don't want to talk much about racing and um i was going to knoxville and said hey i one of my guys can't go you want to go with us and it's ballooned from there. And you said, man, it went so well the last time I went with you. So, Well, you know, he had Brian Leonberg. I don't know if uh, he works for Clint Boyer now. His name's Big Dog, and, and, and he doesn't get the credit he deserves. That guy's one of the top talents in the sport. He, he doesn't do a lot of fanfare. He doesn't, you know, I love Randall Edwards, but he don't get on TV a bunch, and he don't, you know, that kind of stuff. Brian's just a down-home, you know, good guy that knows racing in and out, and he le- eats, lives, and breathes it, and – I worked on tires, like, and I did what he told me to do. I just kind of went along as a buddy deal, and it was kind of one of the things. Hey, go with us, and we'll go to the dingus and party afterwards on stuff. And we ran really good. Uh, uh, we were, I think, we were somewhere in the top ten in the feature on Saturday night. We'd run the top five both nights and broke something in the motor and and didn't get a finish well. But we ran good and everything. And then after that, it just kind of ballooned from there, and I've been on board ever since. There's a lot of work in them tires over there. I mean, it's it's amazing what the tires can and can't do for a guy out on the racetrack it's it's huge to be honest with you yeah um there's there's very little in in you know if we got into talking about the technicalities of this sport i mean there has been new technology coming about has this and that but you know i i went to mark bush's school when i worked at avco years ago and he said you know tires are the only four things that touch the racetrack that you worked on that it relates to and it's a it's a big deal I mean, it, it really is, and um, I mean, most of these teams have a guy dedicated just to that, and uh, so yeah, I, you can make or break your night on tires. How often though have you been sitting there, and he's in the lineup shoot, you ready to go, and you realize we messed up, we put the wrong tires on? You know, Kent's not big for fire drills. Um, we've done it a couple times since I've been there, but the one thing I like about Kent more than anything is he doesn't get too far up, he don't get too far down. And if you walk up and say, you know, we're the only hard tire in the in the deal, what do you want to do? Like, we got to make a snap decision. He's he'll make a logical decision, and 
you know, a lot of times it's we're going to go with what we got. I mean, we've we've made bad decisions. We've right. done, and, and be honest with you, speaking locally here, we've done a lot of it at Brownstown. I mean, we've cost ourselves. I know a couple races at Brownstown making the wrong tire decision. Hmm. We have made a couple of tire decisions at Brownstown that no one else did, and we've won some races. Right. So, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a double edged sword, but you know i'll be honest with you when we leave the when we leave the trailer to go to the lineup shoot there's not a whole lot of changing that goes on without telling your you know what you guys your secret to what your decision is but what what do you go into it you know as a fan that's sitting up in the stands when we watch you know before that feature and everybody comes out on their four-wheelers and is checking the track to see how much water was put down how are you making that decision on what tires you're going to run well, to be honest with you, if I knew how to make the best decision, we'd have won a lot more races. Uh, True. And I think Kent would probably echo that sentiment yeah. from himself because, uh, I mean, there's there's just times that you you make it the right call, you don't make the right call. But we look, we look at how much moisture, kind of at Brownstown, to be honest with you, we look at how much rain they've had that week, and it's a big deal. Um, it, it's just – you, you, you kind of know. I don't know how else to tell you. It's kind of like you knowing what questions asked me on this show. <laughs> you know what you're doing, and and I don't. And, and well, uh, we just fly by the seat of our pants on here, so that you guys don't want to do your tires like that. Well, man, to so. be quite honest with you, there's sometimes we do. It's just like uh, Hall of Fame race a couple of years ago. Um, you know, we did the whole deal on the front stretch uh, for the commemorative car. And uh, oh yeah. To be honest with you, I don't know. I can't even remember. I think Jameson won that night. I don't remember who won, but maybe Marler but uh we had tires Maybe. on and we weren't ready to go when they came up and said hey we got to have you out there and i said okay but and jim said we'll give you enough time to, to do what you need to do when you came back and we came back and he was we had really not really discussed we discussed it but we hadn't made a decision yet and all of a sudden we were thrown into a five minute frenzy and if we'd have left it alone and just slept it on victory lane stage out there probably been a whole different deal we came in and made totally the wrong decisions and ran third or fourth i don't remember where we ended up but mm. um it's just one of them things sometimes you're better enough to leave well enough alone and sometimes you make the right calls and do everything somebody do something nobody else does and you know it works out so after the after the sun goes down how much moisture does come back up out of the track you know when the heat goes away i don't have a science to it obviously uh but we do take that into consideration it's 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 something that we look at as man it rained two inches here last night like and, and, and Brownstown changes so much mm -hmm. when you're there. It, it really does. Um, and the way Jim's done the racetrack from time to time here recently, you know, he's kind of mimicked getting a flood the night before, which sometimes has provided some of Brownstown's greatest races. And I, I, I actually talked to him about it a couple of times and gave him some ideas and stuff. And it's made for great racing there the last couple of years. I know the year uh, Hudson won the Jackson 100. It was a lot like that. They, mm -hmm. they left the tires out and left that mud down there till the end of the night. And then they had two grooves and it made for a great race. And, you know, uh, one of the Kent won a battle of bluegrass race there. And it was very similar. Um, mm -hmm. it had rained all week and it was flooded on the bottom and stuff like that. And they finally got to where you could use that. And then all of a sudden you had three wide dance for the lead and, I think we won on the last lap and it was what you wanted so that's one thing i always liked about jim you know he's willing to take some some advice and maybe not use it all but he puts it in his memory bank and he will he'll, he'll put it to it and if it works you come up with some of the best racing you can so sometimes what we tell him doesn't work and i'm sure he thinks we're all dumb but no and i'm glad you brought that up because i know we've we've talked about it on here and i, I got to give a lot of credit you know in the last three four years that i've really been at brownstown a lot more consistently Jim has really taken the feedback of mm -hmm. how drivers want the track 
and and really worked with it because three or four years ago it wasn't a joke when you said somebody steal the water truck keys and get rid of them mm-hmm. because it just it was it was hammer down one lane racing and i think as jim has listened to the drivers and what they want i i thought he knocked it out of the park almost every night last year other than things out of his control but as far as track prep he is really really advanced in what he's doing i i jim's done a great job there i mean i i'm not criticizing anybody from the past i'm not criticizing anybody from the future that may do that but jim's done a pretty good job with the place i mean obviously there's things that i'd do different i mean i'm sure if you just were going to do it or matt was going to do it you guys would do it different but i mean the the proof's in the pudding and i mean he he provides pretty good racing i don't get to see it on the local level as much as i want to i got friends that race all the time and they you know i kind of watch some of the videos and stuff but you you do see good racing when you come to brownstown i mean hey look you can't everything can't be perfect and (laughs) well we've said it before you're not going to please everybody you know there somebody is going to be upset with with the racetrack with you know the time of day it runs or you know there's always every week somebody loses because of the racetrack well every week you just got to scroll facebook on sunday morning (laughs) totally bogus excuse because (laughs) you know when when you go out and you watch the colts play on the road and and they're on a wet field It's, everybody's on the same track yes. so it's up it's, to you to 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 make the right decisions and, and do, do your better. homework and, do, and just do better yeah. i mean well I, i'm gonna go back to what when you were talking about k rob and and him being middle of the road you know not get doesn't get too high doesn't get too low and and i think you know talking to young drivers i think that's something that is so important because i've watched some guys that are ultra talented but as soon as they get in their mind oh crap we got the wrong tire on mm-hmm. you know they're done like they will, they will kill themselves outrunning the car and not just driving the car because they they think that that's they're screwed right off the bat. That being able to drive an, a non perfect race car is a X factor for drivers that is bigger than a lot of people give them credit for. Absolutely. Well, I think that goes, some of the young drivers can't adjust to the track. Like if the car's off, they're like, "This is what I got, and I'm I'm gonna suck at it." Where these older guys you know the old school guys it's like okay this is what i got i need to do the best i can with it and they start adjusting their driving style to the car and the track and then you know they have a maybe a seventh or eighth place car finish third or fourth or even win sometimes because it in their mindset they're not going to give it up they're just going to keep you know trying something different so we started on about the uh the water truck and i have to ask because k rob was so politically correct when he was on here just how mad was he when he's sitting on the front stretch and jim soaked him in the water truck well i didn't see him on the front stretch <laughs> i saw it happen i was actually in the suites um <laughs> jason Tayubiki, who's no longer with us at the uh, working for kent um was you know in charge of sticks and signals and all that stuff at the time and it was a big night for me and my family and i was up there in the suites kind of hobnobbing a little bit and and seeing people i hadn't seen in a while and saying hi and all that stuff and I knew we were on a pole. I knew we were probably going to win the heat unless something stupid happened. And I mean, it was a really big, I mean, my ex-wife's mother was there and she hadn't been to a dirt race that I ever knew of. I mean, it was, there was a lot of people there and I was up in the suite and I saw it coming and I'm like, oh man, this is not good. And I saw, I, I saw it happen and I'm like, okay, if I'm Kent, I'm wet, I'm probably got visor issues. And I, and I know from 
from years of experience that when like rain or something happens, the one thing every driver wants is the front of the race car wiped down because that water comes, comes straight right back, back on in. them. Yeah. So I got on the pit bike and I, I hauled ass down to the um, lineup chute and I had towel. I stopped by the trailer and got a couple towels. And by the time I got there, Jim was trying to get out. I think he had a roll of toilet paper, but it was, I mean, whatever you could, you knew he, he was panicking. Cause he's like, whatever he get his hands on, he was trying to help with it. And, I just looked at Ken. I said, uh, that was cool. And he goes, oh, yeah, great. This is awesome. You know, he's got the wet ass. He's, you know, water everywhere. And, you know, I mean, he, like he said, he goes, I heard the fans. He goes, I could hear it. He goes, they were going nuts and booing Jim. And he said, I thought about, like, just revving the motor up real loud just to get a rise out of fans. Or anything. He said, you know, that's like Ken. He don't get it too far up down. But, I mean, he was just sitting there holding the wheels like, yeah, this is real cool. Great night. It was just one of those moments, like, in slow motion. You're like – Jim's going to turn that water off. Jim's oh. going to turn that water off. I don't think Jim's going to turn that water off. I remember stay, I was up in the tower, and like you said, he was coming <laughs> around. I'm like, this ain't going to be good. This really ain't going to be good. And then, like, you know, when the whole car gets wet, and then we're like, I can't believe it just happened. <laughs> it was immediate. Like- so, so when Jim come up, they were like, what are you doing, man? And, and he said that he actually thought he that side of the, of the truck was – because, you know, that truck you could turn the corners right. on. He thought he had that side off, and he said he didn't look in the mirror until he'd already got past K-Rob and then realized, oh, my gosh, I had just drowned this guy. Yeah, it was, you know? it, like I said, I went from up there, you know, <laughs> saying hi to family that was in from town and <laughs> people I hadn't seen in a while and stuff like that, and uh, Kent's mom was there. She wasn't in the suite with me, but when I got back to the trailer, she was like, what was that? And I was like, I, th- I swear to God, I think it was a mistake. Yeah, it, it yeah. has to have been a mistake. So I, I'm trying to stay, you know, one thing I've learned, I used to be pretty hot around the collar and I still get that way from time to time. But you know, when you're around that program, you learn to just take stuff in stride because yeah. that's the way they do things. And I just said, I'll, I'll take care of it. Like it's fine. And she wasn't mad or nothing, but it was just, and then when I saw Jim's face, I knew he was mortified. Oh, he was. Yeah. And he yeah. was just like, my goodness. Like, and and I didn't realize, and I, I tell you what, I rewatched Kent's podcast here because I didn't know what to expect from you guys. I didn't. Know, I mean, this is one of the first times I ever had to do anything like this. And I was watching it. And I, I, I remember him. You know, Jim being so. I just remember his face because you guys talked about it then. I remember his face just like. You know, I know this was a good night for your dad, and I was like, I, I, I was like, Jim, it'll be fine. Like it, he was sick, good. and he was, oh, yeah. and yeah. I mean it. It, because it, like i said it was one of those like watching a slow motion car accident because it was like he's he's gonna he's gonna stop or he's yeah. gonna flip that off or he's he just he just watered k like but like you said the the crowd oh, the crowd was amazing you know that well, was, i was already in panic mode so i didn't hear like the the jeers and everything but i heard the cheers like when it happened and like the big oh and i'm like and everybody kind of looked at me and i'm like i'll be back like and I ended up making it back up to the suite and watching the the heat and all that stuff. Uh, and it, my dad was up there and um, he was like, "Well, what Kent say?" I'm like, "He didn't say much." <laughs> Where I was at in the tower, I seen his Kent's. He like he threw his hand up like seriously, you know. <laughs> you know, and we talked about you know your favorite racetrack. Um, where's that place that you just have the bad luck, Gene, when you're there? Hmm, that's a tough one. I, you know, here recently, and Kent's had success there, but recently Florence, we've kind of been snake bit. Um, I know Kent would probably echo that because even before I started helping him, you know, he won. He had a couple of those uh, spring fifty or fall fifties won and broke on the last mm-hmm. lap. Um, the year Ricky won the North South one hundred, 
we were good. We were real good. I mean, we'd kind of had the plan, like, we're going to get to lap 60, 65, and then we're going to pull the trigger, and we found ourselves in about fourth, and we got right what we wanted. We got on the outside front row of the double file restart, and he just got up in the cushion a little bit too much, and it just kind of spiraled out of down out of control from there. Um, been in that first B main a couple times because of bad pill draws at the north south. Uh, Josh, uh, sorry Josh, if you're listening, I doubt he is, but he wrecked us a couple years ago <laughs> for the last spot, and Kent drove him clean, and he wrecked us. Uh, we've just not had good luck down there at Florence, especially in the bigger races. Now we've had some success and ran well there. We just can't seem to get over the hump at that place. And now it's like, every time we go there, it's what now? Like, what are we going to get to now? Finally, last year we had a good luck with the pill draw. We finally drew, you know, those, those passing point deals are great for the fans and they're great for a driver. If you draw one or a hundred or somewhere near mm-hmm. that, but if you draw 52, it's just like you have to pass three or four cars both times you're on a racetrack and if you don't and when you're, you, you're out yeah. oh you're out and and like i said you know we we went down there i know three years in a row we went down there and we drew that middle of the road deal we passed two or three cars and never got passed and we're in a b main mm-hmm. you know and then you got guys that win their heat from the front row and they pass two cars from the tail and they make the race so then we, and it seemed like every year we got stuck in third place in the b main we were just that's where we started it was wet hammer down hard to pass so i mean i guess off the top of my head there i mean we've had some bad luck at eldora as of late um just things not quite going our way we've had good luck at eldora um i'm not i don't know if we're gonna are we gonna go into that bad luck at eldora or <laughs> you yeah let's go whatever you want to go into we're in man. crothersville i mean this is <laughs> this is 71 country here i don't yeah. know i mean are we gonna go there or? the other two wouldn't talk about it so oh, i'll talk about it <laughs> i i well i mean i think the door's already opened okay well what do you want to know you want to know before after or during well, let's just start with all three. Let's yeah, start let's with before. Do, let's yeah. Let's uh, start I, with before I, and end. I'm and assuming after. we're going to talk about the 2019 World 100. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, been an up and down week for us. Uh, we, you know, we when we go to Eldora on those, especially those smaller events, we expect to win. I mean, that's what we go there for. We go to win everywhere we go. But when we go to that three to five thousand win show at Eldora, you know, with the LMS crowd and the Jeeps and people like that, that you know, go to Eldora. I mean, we're the Eldora homers. I mean. We expect to run well, and we expect to win. And uh, we went up the week before, and we were awful. We had a motor issue. We set up stuff. We just, I think we broke a radiator sometime in the night, had to change that. We just really had a bad night. I think we ran seventh or eighth, and for us, that's just unacceptable. We we need to run better. So it was Katie bar the door. We had a new scheme coming out. It was going to be all, excuse me, we were going to be all blue. We knew that was coming. Well, then you throw in a lot of the issues that happened on sunday and a motor swap we we it was a lot of hours put in by a lot of people that week and so we were very spent when we got there on thursday and we ran we should have won thursday night one of the prelim nights we ran second to jd we just had one bad corner if not we win the race uh, or no i'm sorry it was a, that was the dream uh we ran second to billy mm-hmm. uh should have won had a i mean we just I, I went down and told Billy after the race, I'm like, I want the retirement letter in my hand. Like, you have no idea how many times I've been up here and should have won the race, and you win. And I said, <laughs> if you're going to retire, tell me now. <laughs> so we ran good. Uh, we had a little bit of a motor issue the next night, which was totally out of Jay Dickens and them guys' control. It was a part failure. We didn't catch it till the very end of the night. But we knew we were good. We knew we had a good piece. We knew what we had, for, especially for long runs. And 
the heat races came out and it kind of lined up and I, it was just can we please just get through this heat race let's get through this we'd had trouble with the dream we were in that heat five deal that was a disaster <laughs> and like ken even said he goes i don't care if i run fourth like i just want to come out of this deal unscathed and they fired off down into one and and we'd already talked about like no shit like we know who's back there and we got through one and two great and i thought well this is going to be good like we got a lot of throttle jockeys that's starting to blow off kent's real good through the middle and the the proof was in the tape i mean we got wrecked i mean it was as simple as that and it wasn't good i mean it tore up a lot of stuff i mean it probably did not counting lost revenue for the night i'd say it probably did twenty thousand dollars worth of damage maybe 25 in one swing i mean that's that's hard to take for a team that you know made up one full-time guy about three part-timers and i mean that a lot of people know this but kent robinson works a full-time job i mean yeah and and when i say he works i mean trust me there's days i show up at the place and he's behind the desk and, and answering phone calls and stuff but i mean he's been in a trash truck for two months oh that's yeah every you... morning at 4 a.m and stuff like that so i mean we'd had that kind of week on a short week at that and it was just everything just kind of boiled over and i mean kent's interview i think should go down to one of the history is one of the best ever and mikey unfortunately topped it later i watched the replay and mikey topped it and like i said i'm I'm really trying not to say any names and bad things but we all know what happened and it was a bad deal and and we kind of touched on this off air beforehand but i want to bring it up again because you you made a really good point of the way you said it and, and i'm going to just kind of go back to what i said because i think you corrected me but made it made it the right way I think a lot of fans, when they look at K-Rob, first of all, think that he has a much, much larger resources than what he truly has, because he it's not a, you know, multiple full-time guys. It's not multiple backup cars, you know, ready to go. But also, the point you just made, and if, if you don't follow K-Rob on Snapchat, the dude, what you're just saying, I get to work every morning about 6.45. Most days, he's already posted a video of some trash dumpster that they've thrown everything out of, that he's not just driving up and dumping it. He's picking stuff up. He's cleaning up. He's The dude works his tail off all day long before he gets to the race shop. But I said that he has a lack of resources, and you corrected me. And I want you to kind of say the same thing you said about how K-Rob runs his program. I think what you're talking about is when I said there's nothing that program needs that it doesn't get. Mm -hmm. You know, we, I mean, when I turn in my tire list that I need, it all shows up. When it, when, if there's motors break, they get fixed. If race cars get torn up, they get fixed. If there's a part that's bad it gets replaced and and we we have all those resources but i I do think there's a ceiling on it and and kent knows it and kent takes great pride in making sure that nut stays there if that for for lack of a better word he he wants a surplus there because he loves doing what he does but he's also not going to risk his business Mm -hmm. or his family's uh security to to do more and more and more I mean, it's just a, I think it was a responsibility he took on when his dad passed and he takes great pride in the fact that when we roll into the racetrack, he's got the best of everything he can provide. He does his best as what he can, but he manages it very well. And I think he takes great pride in it. And you said, you know, he always says that 
He doesn't mind doing dumb stuff. He doesn't want to do real dumb stuff. Absolutely. And 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 I want to point out too. I know I told you this off air. When I made that statement, that was by no means a knock at K. Rob. And what I mean by that is he consistently performs against some of these top money teams at places like Eldora at Florence. He's in the mix everywhere he goes. So I think as a fan, sometimes they look at that and just assume he must be a full-time driver. He must have a full-time back team. Like the, he is the, he is the ultimate regional guy that has made it on the big scale. In my opinion, you know, I, I just think he has put in the time and effort to get to where he is. Well, I think he's a full-time driver that has a full-time job. I would agree. That's a great way to put it as well. Because you know, when, when K Rob's at the racetrack, he's all about the driving, you know, he's, you know, it's, so to say he's not a full-time driver, I think is a little ding on him too. He just, you know, he wears many, many hats in his, in his life right there with his, yeah. you know, being a business owner, you know, and having to manage all that. And like you said, he's just not a guy that sits behind the desk. It's okay. We're short today. I got to go out. I got to be on the trash track or I got to go do this. I got to go work in the scrap yard. I, and then the race shop, you know, and for him to balance all that. Well, I, and he, and he I, does it well. I mean, one thing, I mean, Kent's been, you know, great, a great friend and a great person to be around. But one thing I've learned more than anything about him is how to balance your priorities. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've, you know, everybody goes, I mean, I get phone calls and texts on a weekly basis. Well, you know, you know, you guys over working on cars, you get like, the, especially the winter time. We ain't got nothing right now. I mean, we were actually supposed to leave tomorrow to go to Mars to put up a new, put together a new car. And there were just some parts that didn't show up and stuff. So we're going to push it back, but we have no trailer right now. <laughs> Both our motors are still in Mississippi. <laughs> and our our race car i think is a frame with some deck and body in it at this point right now and right now plans are to be at the icebreaker so when kent when i say he delegates his responsibilities he when he's at the racetrack or in that race shop that's his focus but when he's working in the trash truck that's his focus when i mean i'll call him and there's sometimes i don't get a phone call back for a couple hours because i know he's whatever he's doing he's really good at prioritizing his day and his responsibilities and it's one I've always respected, you know, respected about his, you know, the way he does things. That'd be hard for me. Mm. You know, if I had a, a race shop and all that, I'd be like, okay, I want to be, I want to be over here, you know, more than I want to be over here. So I, I got to take my hat off and you know, give props to him to be able to do that, to say this, this is the, you know, most important thing right now. So. so. Well, let me, let me pause real quick. Um, and and thank our sponsors here in the middle, um, making sure we get them in. I do have an exciting announcement here in just a second. But first of all, P3 Graphics and P3RacingShirts.com. Um, again, Eric Bryant, man, does a great job down there with his wraps um, and also the T-shirts. And, you know, like I've said, can't say enough about him, um, you know, with what we're doing at Fresh Prince and being able to work with him still. We greatly appreciate him, but definitely check out P3RacingShirts.com and P3 Graphics. Also, Dirt to Media. Um, there are going to be some exciting things coming out of Dirt to Media here in the next few weeks. Uh, some big things that, that Ryan's working on and we're excited about. Uh, but make sure you go and get that VIP membership to DirtToMedia.tv. Uh, again, you're going to get op- opportunity to see all the on-demand coverage from Brownstown Speedway, Salem Speedway, Thunder Valley, um, several upcoming big cart shows um, and some some really good micro sprint shows here this summer as well. Thirsty Goat Entertainment, Fresh Prints, Custom Apparel and Awards, Race Clean Hand Cleaner, be on the lookout here coming soon. Fast Hands by Race Clean, 
Uh, that'll be a waterless hand cleaner uh, that'll be available, so be on the lookout for that. OCC Seamless Gutters and Construction, Jeremy Owens. Again, guys, I can't say enough about him. Just to update, I know last time we were here we had the snow, still got gutters, but I would have called Jeremy if they would have fallen off. Kane's Tree Service. Um, again, any kind of tree trimming, uh, tree removal, stump removal, give Canes a call today. And Tommy Taylor, Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance. Again, my insurance agent, Matt's insurance agent, everybody's insurance agent should be yours too. Oh, yeah. Tommy Taylor, Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance. And Matt, I'm not going to let everything out, but we have a new sponsor coming on board. And it's it's something that you probably would have never thought we'd have been sponsored by, but I'm excited about it. Oh, yeah? What is that? We got a coffee sponsor coming on board. Oh, yeah? And I'm not going to let everything out of the bag, but be on the lookout. This is going to be a really cool deal um, with a with a race-themed coffee that's going to be coming out. And um, we've got some samples in the mail coming for us. So I'm, I'm excited about that, Matt. That Good deal. Any, or, any chance they want to get like on a regionally sponsored, nationally known <laughs> race car? <laughs> you know what? I'll ask. <laughs> uh, because, uh, yeah, a race-themed coffee. So that's uh, been, been in talks with a guy and uh, coming soon. Very but, cool. But we're going to have to start drinking coffee at like 8 p.m. at night. So that'll... Uh, <laughs> You know how they do it on those talk. Shows. You know how they do it on those talk shows and stuff. They put like the logo on the cup, yeah, and then they just, just have whatever they want in there. Yeah, <laughs> it's my problem is I'd have to refill so often. <laughs> but no, I do want to say thank you to all our sponsors, and again, man, they they help us do this each and every week, and uh, greatly, greatly appreciated. Yeah. Kyle, looking ahead to this year, man. You know, we we've talked a lot about the stories. We're, we're hopefully coming out of this whole COVID deal, which was just a, a crazy thing last year. You know, Ryan Bowling and I were just talking the other day that, you know, when the COVID thing really broke, it was, I mean, we're coming up on the year anniversary because Ryan and I were sitting at Blondie's Pizza in Brownstown on a Wednesday, a week and a half out from the, the icebreaker. And, you know, at that point, we were still kind of not not saying that it wasn't a big deal, but we thought oh, they're not going to cancel the icebreaker because of this stuff. And to see what has unfolded in this country in the last year is just amazing. And and so hopefully with us coming out of that and, and restrictions being loosened up, what do you look forward to in 2021 with the race team? Uh, you know, uh, kind of what we wanted to do last year before COVID got to us. Um you know, like I said, I got a business run, Kent's runs his, and we kind of talked about racing in bunches, you know, three or four or five nights on the, right in a row on the summer nationals, but then may we not be race for a week or two, um, hitting the big races and taking a weekend off, that kind of stuff. Um, I mean, I think you'll see a lot of what you normally see out of Kent. I mean, you'll see him at all the Eldor and Florence shows. You'll see him in Brownstown runs big races and regional stuff. Um, you know, we'll hit a few bigger, you know, bigger things, but, I, you know, I think I, just business as usual. Um, you know, last year was obviously a way different deal. Um, you know, we we got to the point there in April and May we didn't even know if we would race, and then when you got to June, you know, we, you know, we were all parked up there at Eldora, and it was such an eerie feeling, you know, for the stream, and you know, we get out and everybody's wearing their mask and stuff, and then by the end of the weekend, at least in the pit area, it was normal. You know, it, it wasn't it didn't look normal up in the stands, obviously, and stuff, but you know then to see where we ended up at brownstown say for the jackson 100 and uh, you know record crowd and i mean 
I don't know how they got by with the health department, but <laughs> I didn't care. I mean, I was glad to see them make some money and, and have a success because Jim went out on a limb there. I mean, yeah. it, well, that just showed the need. Well, that, that was just the people's like, we got to go somewhere. And, you know, Eldor didn't let no one, you know, outside of you, you know, the select few. Well, and, and, and I was privileged to be a part of that. Like, it was kind of neat. I mean, I had a, a cousin of mine text me. He's like, man, I just can't miss. I'm missing Eldora this year. And I said, it, you ain't missing it. Like, it's it's not Eldora. I mean, right. it's we're here, yes, and I feel very privileged. There was probably 500 people on the grounds. I felt very privileged to be one of them, but it, uh, it ain't the same. You know, well, I mean, that place is the atmosphere. Well, I talked to Strickler after that first night when he won. I think it was, was it the stream or the world day. I don't remember which one, but I, he was just like, they told me to get up and like get on top of the car and act like I did something. And he goes, I, I'm excited I won. So I guess it would have been the first one. Because yeah. he wasn't even supposed to be there. And he goes, I'm like, I'm supposed to cheer to a bunch of people that in there. And it was different. I mean, it really wasn't. I mean, Dale McDowell told me, and I, and I echoed his sentiment, because it is an eerie, eerie feeling. This feels weird. I mean, it, so, I mean, COVID, I mean, it was weird because the week before or two weeks before, we went to West Plains for their two- or three-day deal, and they were open to everybody. Yeah. I mean, we but we were at Gordy's the night before, and we had to go into Missouri, but we got to go out to eat. We hadn't been out to eat in two months. You know, we got to go sit at a little bar and have, you know, have dinner and drinks and stuff. And, and then two weeks later, we're in Ohio and we're, we're masked bandits walking around the pit area. And Rusty Schlink had his thong on his face and it was just weird. I mean, it was just a weird, weird feeling. And I don't know. It was, it's different, but I mean, I'm hoping we're coming out of it. But Eldor still don't have those two races on the schedule this year. I, I don't have any insider information. I don't know anything different, but I, I've per, sitting here March whatever boy third fourth somewhere in there yeah third uh, I see the dream will happen I think I honestly think they're going to double it up I think we're going to see a week of the dream and I think we'll see a week of the world that's what I think will happen as far as how that goes you know one thing that COVID did teach us is we can survive in this atmosphere mm-hmm. you know everybody took it for advantage whenever. Uh, I think Ray Cook and Dirt on Dirt put that race on down at, at Tri-County, and I said, this is a big deal. It's 5000 to win. It's invite only, but I'm telling you, this is huge because it's going to tell Dirt on Dirt what they want to know because I think Dirt on Dirt put up a lot of the, mm-hmm. the money and got the sponsors involved and stuff, and then they took an even bigger gamble at Eldora, and I think it – I mean, I think they made money. I mean, if they hadn't made money at the stream, I don't think the deal, whatever they called the world, wouldn't have happened. The, I don't even know what they call it. This Intercontinental season. Classic. Yeah, I was WWF type yeah, stuff. They, I mean, they, <laughs> they should have had a belt. Like, they, literally, they should have uh, had a belt. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I gave them credit with the dirt late model stream playing off of the dream. Like, that was that. Okay. And they lost you an Intercontinental Classic. That Lightning one. doesn't strike twice, man. <laughs> oh, they that one. But no, that they, one lost but they, on. they taught us that it would it would survive sort of in this atmosphere. But I also think that it showed us too that there are some things that need to happen if we're this TV deal is going to keep going. Um, you know, we made the point at the stream. We talked, you know, racers. We were talking amongst us, and once we knew that it was working, like you know, you could see the look on, you know, the people that were promoting and had money in this deal. You could see the look on their face when they walked around on Thursday, like, man, we we're out on a limb here. And then by Friday, you saw it ease up a little bit. And by Saturday, they're bebopping around there. You know, we didn't get anything out of that deal. You know, yes, they paid a good purse. I mean, that was a good purse for a three-day event, especially in the times we were in. But, you know, you're sitting there going, man, we did the math on like how many people would have had to buy, bought that thing. And then we're going, 
man, we paid to get in here. Like we paid, I think it was like 600 bucks as five people got in. I forget what it was, but it was, I mean, it wasn't no different what we do when we go to regular race, but they made money here. And, and, you know, I mean, especially the second one, I mean, they were blowing motors up. Like it was nothing like going out of style, you know, rushing us through and motors were overheating and the racetrack was and hammered down and stuff like that. I mean, there was 48 cars started the weekend and there was 13 or 14 mm. motors blown. And, and I'm not talking, we dropped a valve. I'm talking like ours, when we come out, ours had a hole in the oil pan that you could have fit your fist through. Um, it's just one of them things where I think if this TV deal grows, I think it needs, there needs to be a package put in place for the guys putting on the show. And I don't even, I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying from the bottom to the top, I'm, I'm, I'm saying everyone needs to get a cut of that. And I'm not saying the people that risk their big money to do it, but you know, we're sitting here putting on a show for these people and we're burning through money literally. And I mean, I think, I don't know what the, the purse and stuff ended up being. I don't even keep pay attention to that stuff anymore, but you know, we're out there. Some of these guys went up there all weekend, didn't make a race, and probably spent ten thousand dollars. They didn't get anything. Mm-hmm. Yet they were used on TV to be a, uh, you know, a product out out there. And I think, you know, the longer we go in this TV deal, it needs to it needs to happen. There needs to be some money kicked back to especially guys. And I'm not even saying guys make the race. I'm talking about the guys that didn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, it it's one of them things that I'm not saying right now, but eventually, if it keeps growing it needs to happen and and it is and obviously you know it's a double-edged sword and you know me being involved in the you know in dirt to media the media side of it, it everybody plays with such fine lines of profitability mm-hmm. and and it is tough and it's where what flow racing has been able to do with their investors um they've been able to come in and just purchase races outright that which is risky for them it is yeah that that we know there's no way they'll make that but they've got a game plan in the long run to get a product that they can then sell out to somebody else and and you know and that's not knocking them Mm. they've got the backing they've they've been able to do it but i don't disagree for it to truly work there's got to be a marriage and a coexistence between the drivers, the fans, the media companies, and the promoters. Well, we I played in a golf scramble with Pat McAfee a couple of years ago. He had a promotional deal, and a buddy of mine got me into it. It's awesome, by the way, his foundation that he had for that deal. But he told us, he said, some of the most money he ever made off his TV money was when Peyton Manning and him played on a Sunday night, and he punted twice. You know, he goes, because I got the same TV check that what Peyton Manning got. Mm-hmm. He goes, now Peyton Manning made – five million or whatever it was a game and i made my fifty thousand or whatever he got paid but he goes that tv money was the same because we all went out there we were all on television we were all used for our likeness or whatever and he said that's just part of the nfl's tv deal and contract and i'm not saying now i'm saying oh yeah some sometime down the road that needs that needs definitely be addressed fully agreed fully agreed what else you got matt we're almost an hour in well, debating on taking off to Smoky Mountain Speedway Saturday. Skipping practice. Thinking about it. Woo! World of Outlaw show down there. Yeah? See, I think it'd be big. I think there's going to be a lot of cars. There's a lot of guys already committed to being there. Mm-hmm. Now you're... You're not being a homer. You're right? making me jealous. You're not being a homer here. They don't need an announcer for practice. Most of the time, they don't even have numbers on their cars yet. You think Jim will let me do it? 
I don't know. It could be interesting. <laughs> Announcing practice is pretty boring. All the more need for an announcement. <laughs> oh, yeah. no, it's boring. <laughs> <laughs> and the black car is back out again. Yeah, back out again. He makes three laps. I'll, I'll tell you, the best practice ever, I got to give some props here. The very first year Justin Bowling ever got in a race car, <laughs> he comes rolling out and Jim's up in the tire with me. He says, this is this guy's very first lap ever in a race car. And Justin knows this. We've talked many times. This is the slowest lap I've ever seen a race car go around the racetrack. But by the fifth or sixth time he came out the same day of practice, he was like, improved dramatically. Like in one day of just going in and out, in and out, he dramatically improved. And that was like the coolest thing ever. You watched him grow as a driver right there in front of you during practice. What do you think Peden's going to grow? You know, I'm not even going to bash him anymore. Really? You've given yeah. it up? Yeah. I'll keep doing it. Every time I watch a crate race at Brownstown, that guy's in the mix. And I don't know him. If he walked in here right now, I wouldn't know who he is. I am going to see if he'll sign my Corey Hedgecock t-shirt, though. <laughs> that I bought when I went to 411. <laughs> what, what's the Hedgecock deal? I'm sorry. I... Hedgecock and... Was this Peden... it? Was Friday Night of Jackson 100? Yeah, this, this is yeah. Bowman. So you, you can't... I'm telling you, you can't schedule against the Brownstown Seymour football game. That's why I was not there. That's yeah. that is a tough, I, I tough was, schedule. Yeah. I would help Skyler a little bit that week, and he's like, "You're gonna be at the race right now." No, yeah. my kid played, and I, so I, I just—I mean, I don't like missing it when he doesn't. But I mean, that's—I mean, compared to what was out there and what was at that Brownstown football game, there was a ton of people in that small area. I oh mean, yeah, their COVID was rampant. <laughs> But yeah, I am. I think I'm going to ask him to autograph my T-shirt this year. I think he what happened? I mean, well, they was well, it another Don O'Neill Kent Robinson deal? I, I won't go that far. Um, wasn't that bad? I mean, you're telling me this Don O'Neill thing was really bad, wasn't it? <laughs> it I'm looking at the cars and stuff up here. It had, I mean, you, you got it. Was it bad? <laughs> he's he he's just he's stirring. He's stirring. <laughs> well, I no, mean, I, I've been pretty. It, it, hey. it was a racing altercation. That, Hedge- that Peden come out on the the losing yes. end of, but so I will say this. But I will thing. say this. This is why I was saying it was different. And and Peden will listen to this tomorrow, and I can already see I'm getting a text or a message about nine thirty. But yes, Hedgecock was in the wrong. Yes, Hedgecock ran him over on a restart. Yes, it took Peden out for the Bowman, tore up a bunch of stuff. The difference I will make is Hedgecock goes on to win the Bowman 50. In victory lane, the first thing he said when he got out is, I hate to come up here and wreck the guy leading the race. I mean, he admitted. He apologized. I mean, there at that time. There was two people. Your fiance and I were the only two people yeah. in the stands. Um, so he didn't talk to a whole lot of people. But, but he said it. He said it. And, and, he, was, and he was sincere. It wasn't BS. Everybody was in their in their campers and campsites so maybe they heard him but he did say it that was the first thing he got it when he got out of the car he said i hated that that happened yeah and and he took full responsibility I, he said I, I ran him over i don't know Corey. he parked next to us at eldora you know a couple years back him and his guys seem like really good people they they seem like really nice i've never like formally introduced myself or anything but he he was parked next to us so you obviously talked to the guys and stuff but it they they seem like really nice people but steve being the the friend that he is of the show you got to give him a little uh you know a little heat over it but uh, down south you know hedgecock is is pretty well known down there absolutely you know, but i gotta give Pete a little bit of credit because one of the best 
quotes I've ever heard was the next morning when he said he heard they changed his name and took the hedge out. That that Ooh. will always go down as one, well, of, at, one you, of the best quotes we could get. If you're saying that, are you telling me then that the O'Neill deal with Kent was worse? I mean, I mean, are you telling me that? I, I, I would go with yeah. Okay. Yeah, I would say yeah also. See, you asked how... I was and gonna, I'm here in Crothersville. I, and... I don't see a Kent Robinson diecast in here. Maybe I, I'm missing it. I don't have a K Rob. You know, I know where there's one at. And if I, I don't know, if you replace that black five car up, I'll let you keep the other two. If you replace the black one, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I can find you one up in the shop that we can put up there. To exchange out for the black yeah, but five? I get, I get to keep the black one. I'll exchange you out. We'll talk. Okay. <laughs> uh, the the yellow one is the, is the hot one because... Um, the yellow 71 tater doesn't even have that one someone stole that one out of the shop down no there kidding. that's probably it and <laughs> that was bought at an auction and you were there um <laughs> not saying that would i would be above stealing a die cast from tater but <laughs> but yeah the i got that i sent tater a picture and he goes where'd you get that and i'm like well, i bought it at an auction and he's like i don't have that one He's like somebody stole mine. He said that's the only diecast I don't have. Yeah, but he's probably. I mean, he's got the original though. He built that car. Well, and I said, I said, Tater, I said, you know, this is what I gave for it. I said I'd sell it for three or four times that. He's not called me yet, so I'm still holding on to it. But it's still available. Something tells me in his connections, he could probably get one of (laughs) those made. That's what I would think. (laughs) But he, uh, it is. They're all here in Crothersville. They're just split between my shop and and Tater's shop. So, but. Kyle, I want to say this before we take off here because we are an hour in. But first of all, greatly appreciate thanks for having me. You coming out, man, and it's been fun to tell some stories and and shoot the bull. And we definitely want to have you come back on again. And um, we'll keep in touch this season. Two weeks from now, uh, we will have owner of um, the Comiskey Dirt Bowl coming on. Matt, going to talk to us a little bit. Great racer back in the day, also. Yeah. Toby Donnell, and he's got some he he's got some cool things going on down there, and some really cool ideas he's going to run um, this year. And uh, I know we we're going to go down and race each other one year or two ago. We need to do it because yeah, uh, you know, we need to go down there and and do that. Other than I'm I'm getting more and more nervous as I talk to these guys at RC Race because I think we could tear up a lot of money just in that. I tell you what, if you tell me when this is going to happen, I got a cousin that's badass at this deal. His name's Logan. He's all he is. I will tell you right now. Yes, I I know Logan. Yeah, we, I I will take Logan and get in against you two for any amount of money you guys want to. Well, we're horrible. Go so I was gonna say I'll bet against myself. Yeah, I will too. That's, uh, <laughs> I don't have that that but, confidence but, you know, there. You know, Logan Logan's been a friend of the family, obviously, and family, and he's been you know since my dad raced and stuff. And I got the one chance to throw his name out there. I thought I should. We're both addictive personalities, and, and the only reason that I hold off on even trying yeah. this is we'll go down there and say, "Yeah, let's do this for you know publicity for the show and have fun with each other." And then the next we'll week, be three we're, grand in debt. Yeah, we're both going to own them. That's because we both have that of this was fun. Let's keep doing it. Yeah, you know it too. I know it. And then, like you I said, know. we're going to owe whoever lets us drive it because we're going to tear it up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. I am excited to talk to Talby though, and and you know oh, talk yeah. about his racing past and what he's got going on down there, at Comiskey Dirt Bowl. Uh, he started very young, man. He racing him, you know, actually racing himself. And last, pretty sure I just talked to him last week. Last Saturday was their last day of indoor season. 
I'm at the Comiskey Dirt Bowl, and I think he told me April 14th will be their first outdoor race. So, uh, again, all of racing getting ready to kick off, whether it's RC version or or the big boys at Brownstown Speedway this weekend with practice. So, and it's all racing, so it's got you know make sure you support it. Absolutely, absolutely. I I do want to say hi to my daughter. She probably should be in bed right now, but I did tell I was going to say hi to her on this deal. I don't know if she's watching, but uh, I'm sure she can watch the rebroadcast. But I do want to say hi to my daughter Brinley, and you tell you what. Uh, you, you had one running around here earlier, and I don't, yeah. Matt, do you have kids? So I don't. I don't Minor grown. Okay. Well, I, I can tell I'm, you. I'm closer in age to a son I, than I, I am I to can, him. I can tell you those Saturday nights at the racetrack uh, absolutely mean less the day you, the day you see one of those uh, that's your own. And uh, I'm proud. To, but I'm the proud days at the racetrack get better when your kids turn 21 and they can sit in the grandstands and drink beer with you. See, so that's. I, I don't know. It, it, she's not into it as much as what I'd kind of hoped. I mean, she goes when she has to, and she's starting to follow a little bit. But uh, the fact that she's not overly dedicated to it and, and, and thriving and loving that I was at eight or nine years old, uh, it's not bothering me too much. That's what I'm telling you. My kids aren't either. That racetrack is the last place they want to be at. You and know, that's My older one goes up and down. He likes the He likes the atmosphere. He likes being around the people, talking to drivers. Um, I don't know that he really gets into when they're on the track. Now the little one, the two year old, he's ate up with. It. I want to watch race cars. That was the little guy was in here earlier. Yeah, oh, he, man. I want to watch race cars, and he's meaner than a damn snake. You locked him out. Yeah, I just threw him in there and locked him out. Oh, yeah. He's locked out in there with mom, isn't he? Yeah, he's not happy. <laughs> <laughs> not yeah. happy. Speaking of of age, though, you just had a birthday, so glad to see you're a little older. Yeah, yeah, thirty six. Welcome to the club. I'm going to be 38 next so year. You're closer to 40 than you are 30 yeah, now. I, I'm glad to see that with you, man. Am, yeah. You make fun of my age all the time. So. I am. Yeah, I'm feeling it. Um, <laughs> feeling it for sure. So Yeah, when I sent you happy birthday there in that text message that day, I was like, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. How are you liking it? <laughs> yeah, it hurts because, you know, Callie's obviously a few months older than me. So usually I get that, you know, November to March is the best time because she's older than me, but... We're just back on the it, same man. age. Hey, it, it is so what it is. July is going to be fifty. I can't wait. I, oh, I can't wait either. <laughs> the bash. Oh yeah, the party at you're the race. Be, you're going to be fifty and what? July, July. Th- be born free forty weekend there at Brownstown Speedway. Be my uh, birthday bash. You think Jim can come up with some pit passes or stuff for us to make sure we're getting we're there? I mean, it's right in the heart of the summer nationals. That's on Jim. We'll have to see. <laughs> you know, I I'd be willing to come if we can get that done. It's. Now, a, I don't think we've missed one, have we? I don't think you guys have. I, yeah, yeah. yeah we did we did we did one year we ran at farmer city the night before and went to you're, fairbury and got rained you're out. right and we should have came to brownstone because we got rained out yeah but uh we won one of them and then uh, i'm not real sure what happened the others it all just lost in space so but yeah that'll be the 50 bash 50 bash for you should be 50 laps this year for your birthday. it should be it should be the more free 50 this year <laughs> i think it'd be a great idea <laughs> Ten more laps. One of those years, I think we'd have won it again. No, I, I agree. Like we, we were coming. We just ran out of laps. So yeah, it's yeah. All right. Well, Kyle, good luck this year to you and the whole team over there with K Rob, and uh, we'll be cheering for you guys. Obviously, you know K Rob's one of our favorites around here, and um, we'll keep we'll keep pushing for you guys. So thanks everybody. We'll be back here in two weeks with Tol- Tolby Donnell and uh, talking a little Comiskey Dirt Bowl.